today on This Christian Life. The doctors gave no hope for me. They told my wife, prepare for your husband to, uh, you know, he's close to death right now. And they told her this three different times. So it was really a, a rough go at it. Our guest today, Chaplain Manny Scudder and his wife, Jamie, were given a no hope diagnosis. He and his wife found themselves clinging to a promise they read in Psalms 118, verses 17 through 18. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. I looked at my doctor and says, you know what? I'm going to live and not die. Last year was a rough year. It was rough for everyone, very rough for our family. We didn't know it was going to happen, but I got COVID back in June, tested positive. And they said, just go home, stay there, and we'll call you every day. Well, I did that, but my temperature kept rising each day. And the last day before I went in the hospital was up to 103. So my wife took me to the emergency room at 3.30 in the morning. I didn't know after that, that I wouldn't see my wife for another 45 days. It would be 45 days before my wife and I could literally hold hands or even kiss. So it was really a a rough go at it. Having to drop him off there, he was in such a state of mind. And I'm thinking, you know, wow, I didn't even get to say goodbye, really. I didn't get to kiss him, hug him, nothing, because he had to get out of the car and get treated that fast. Less than 12 hours later, I'm already getting a phone call where the doctors are giving me a warning about how things would likely go as far as becoming intubated and a hospital stay in rehabilitation. At that point, to be honest with you, I thought that was the normal spill that they were going to give anybody and everybody. I still at that point did not think anything was going to be that bad. The doctors there in Fresno at that time hadn't had any COVID patients, you know, as far as how how bad I had it. They'd had COVID patients come in, but none of them were being hospitalized at the time. So even my doctors really didn't know what they were doing yet because it was all new. When I dropped my husband off, my daughter and I just came home and turned on worship music. We just felt like we couldn't concentrate on anything else. We couldn't go about our business. So we just turned on worship music and started praying and asking the Lord, is this really it? Is he going to die? Are you really going to take him from us? And we just had this overwhelming feeling that things were just unfinished. Within hours of him being admitted, he's already being intubated, and he can't even really talk to me on the phone because he can't breathe, and he's so weak he can't even hold his phone up. So here I am being completely separated from my husband, not being able to hold his hand, not being able to have my eyes on him. My daughter and I were on quarantine as well, so we couldn't even have our families surround us. We couldn't have pastors come into our home. So we started just asking the Lord for healing, We asked pastors and family, and we just got it out on social media for everybody to agree with us for the healing for Chaplain Manny. Man makes his plans, but the Lord directs his steps. That's from Proverbs 16.9. Manny had no choice but to submit his unmoving, unconscious body to the unknown. They put me in a coma. They paralyzed my body so my lungs could work through the machine, the ventilator, and not me doing it myself. I was on the ventilator for 19 days. I was in a coma probably for about 20-something days. There's a difference between giving up on your circumstances and submitting to God in your circumstances. 
It means giving yourself over completely to the one who knows the best thing for you every single time. I've worked in medical for 20 something years and I know that people when they're in a coma, they can still hear their loved one. They can still feel their touch. And so I had asked the staff if we could do FaceTimes. And so we did FaceTime with him twice a day, even though he was asleep. We believe that he would hear what we were saying. We would talk to him, we would pray for him, we would play worship music for him. Every day, every day, every day, we shared prayers from other people, we shared sermons that were being preached, we shared worship songs that would help bring him into agreement with our prayers. While I was in ICU, I came down with a staph infection. I had double pneumonia and a kidney infection at that time. The doctors gave no hope for me. They told my wife, prepare for your husband to, you know, uh, he's, you know, he's close to death right now. And they told her this three different times, but God just said, no, he's, I'm gonna keep you alive. In fact, before I went under, before they put me on the ventilator, I looked at my doctor and says, you know what? I'm gonna live and not die. And um, he looked at me and said, in that case, I'm gonna do everything I can to keep you alive. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41.10 Every time somebody would speak something about my husband was not going to make it, I just felt a deep fight from within myself to hold on to the promises of the Lord. And I did not want to believe anything else. And until I was proven otherwise, I just was determined that's what I was going to stand on. One of the first things that came up was an infection. They didn't know the source of infection. It looked really bad because of staph infection throughout his whole body. I think there are some other things that were going on in his body with his organs and things. So we just prayed for wisdom for the doctors that they'd be able to find the source of it. I was trying to think of the sources myself as, you know, just trying to work with the doctors and help them. This wasn't looking very promising, but I just didn't want to hear it. So I don't know, some people in the natural might think it's denial, but to me, I was just holding on to my faith, believing that we serve a big God and that there's nothing impossible for him. You know, I feel like we have to be the strength of our loved ones when they're going through something. If they can't fight for themselves, we've got to be their strength in that time of need. And, you know, if I wasn't going to fight for my husband, who was? Psalms 3, 2 through 6. Many are saying to me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. They slowly woke me up. But when I woke up, I did notice that I was paralyzed still. I was paralyzed from the neck down, and I knew it, whatever had happened, it was really serious. I, I didn't remember anything that happened during that time except for dreams and visions that I believe God had given me to keep me occupied for that 19 days on the ventilator. But that was it. And I knew when I saw my wife, what she must have gone through, through that time and my daughters. Yes. Um, you know, to be honest with you, like we didn't know if he'd ever be able to walk again. We wanted to have the faith that he was going to. We believed that he was going to, and we just kept praying and asking for it. But you never know. 
You know, we're in a really unprecedented time where we're separated from our loved ones and it's such a scary thing. And we have to know that spiritually speaking, there's angels in that room with your loved one, that the Lord's not gonna leave them. He's gonna stand by their side. The Lord will send people in there, in the healthcare that have the same spiritual beliefs. You know, it may be a nurse, it may be a doctor, somebody's gonna come into that room and touch your loved one. You know, we didn't ask any of the nurses, do you believe in Jesus or do you have faith or anything like that? But we did recognize multiple times when we were praying that the nurse that would be on would put the hand on the shoulder to come into agreement with what we were praying and to give that touch to our loved one. So I was in ICU for uh, about 20-something days. They moved me from there to an isolation room and then to a, a rehab hospital. I stayed there for about 11 days. They moved me to another uh, rehab hospital in Modesto, California, and the place was just great, brand new hospital. They literally, in two weeks, rehabilitated me as much as I could at that time. I was still in a wheelchair. I wasn't expected to be walking for at least a year or so, or maybe never, because my nerves were so shot in my legs. He didn't tell me that on the first visit, but he really had no hope that I would ever walk. Throughout his earthly ministry, Jesus Christ healed people from all walks of life. He healed people that were crippled, blind. He healed lepers with skin disease. But the most important aspect of his healing ministry was this. He healed hearts and minds, and he transformed their lives. I was at church one day, and my pastor asked me to come up so he could pray for me. And he asked me to get out of my wheelchair and stand up. I stood up. He, he was happy at that, that I stood up. But I looked at him, and I just started walking. And it was just one of the greatest moments because I knew I had not been able to do what I did without a walker, or, you know, without some type of support. And to be able to walk around the building was wow, was, was great. Most people had already left. It was after service. We are just listening to worship music. I just pushed him up there because I do believe in the healing of the Lord. But at the same time, I was not expecting him to get up and walk right then and there. I'll just say that. So, you know, the pastor did ask him to stand and put his hands in his hands. And he just started praying for him. I have my eyes closed in prayer. Next thing I know, my husband's starting to walk. And, you know, it's a difficult walk. It's not like he just walked normal. Like, he was having a really hard time because he had foot drop in both feet. And he just took off walking by himself. We had somebody running behind him to make sure he wasn't going to fall over. But he just kept going around and around in circles. And pretty soon you can see that the walk just became more and more strengthened, and he was almost running. When I got to one of my doctors, I walked into his office. He was so surprised. He says, what happened? And I looked at him and says, God happened. And uh, I says, he's, he's got me on my feet again. And the doctor says, you know, I had no hope for you the first time I saw you. He says, I can't believe that you're actually walking. Next two or three doctors I had saw was the same thing. My neurosurgeon, he said, I never thought I'd see you walking again. He says, what happened to you? You know, why is it? And I just kept pointing to God. Last week, I had an appointment with another doctor. They were taking the staples out of my spine and that. Uh, I had surgery a couple of few weeks ago. And uh, I got in there and I started telling her my story and she just started weeping. And I said, it's okay if I pray for you. So I prayed for my doctor right there in the doctor's office. And that's something you usually don't see. And she looked at me, she says, you know what? I should be paying you today. Well, 
I just want to tell you that he never went back to the wheelchair after that. He's had to have a cane sometimes, but he's never turned back and gone back to that wheelchair. And the Lord has been strengthening his legs every day. So for me, I just was so excited, so elated. My daughter and I both just, all we could do was weep and cry with joy. There's been so many different things that I wasn't supposed to be able to do for at least a year or two. And God was just snap, snap. My lungs are totally clear. My liver, it was enlarged. It's now not enlarged. My spleen, the same thing. My kidneys were infected. Now they're back to normal. And this is what all these doctors had seen, saying, wow, everything's just going back to normal on its own. It's the resolving itself, you know? And I says, no, God's resolving them. When I got out of the hospital and I, I visited a church and I said my name and they says, Chaplain Scudder, we've been praying for you for over a month. And I go, really? I didn't even know it. And he says, yeah, we got the news and we've been praying hard. Even some of these COs, the correctional officers, have told me that they were praying for me during that time. It brought me to tears. We put it out there for everybody to pray. And he's the chaplain of the city. So everybody in the churches know him as the chaplain of Merced County. So we had churches upon churches reaching out to churches that were connected with them. It's so powerful that it's just building upon building upon building. And so when the saints come together with a prayer, I do believe that's absolutely 100% what has carried us through this time is the prayer of the saints. I do believe that as far as family members, someone who's in jail, just keep praying for that person. Do everything you can to bring music to their ears. Ask the nurses and doctors, you know, please put this by their ears and let them hear music. That praise and worship did wonders for me. It helped me wake up for the first time. I woke up to praise and worship music. Yeah, I'm a caretaker, natural caretaker. <laughs> so when I was a teenager, I was taking care of my ailing grandfather. And the nurse at that time had suggested that I become a CNA. So yeah, I was a CNA for actually over 20 years. And throughout that time, I would be praying for my patients. So I would be seeing things like people who had dementia, talking gibberish and not making sense. When I would pray and ask them about Jesus, they would come out of their dementia and say, yes, Jesus, I know Jesus, and then go back into their dementia. There's times where I would feel impression to pray for people to reaffirm their faith in the Lord, and they would pass away in a few days. And there's times where I had to remind them that they were forgiven of their sins, and it would bring them to peace, and then they'd pass away. I've dealt with a lot of that. I've also seen people who have had major, major strokes that were not expected to be able to walk or talk or function again, and I've seen them regain their function through the prayer and support not only of myself, but their family, their loved ones, and others surrounding them. So I do believe that that has set me up to know that I can stand firm in my faith and believe that we do serve a healing God. 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18 Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Just keep in prayer and know 
that God is faithful and just, and he is going to listen to your prayers. One of the greatest things that came out of this was my stepdaughter, after eight years, finally called me dad. You know, there was no hope when I went in the hospital, but my wife had a lot of hope and a lot of faith in God. I give a lot of credit to my wife keeping on her knees before God, and I had that same faith. So the biggest thing is praying, have the faith that God can get you through. And even if the person doesn't make it, know that God loves him. And he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The next thing I'd like to say is know that God's there with you. And if you're the parent, the wife, the husband or whatever, know that God's there by your side. You can move mountains. And I had a big mountain to move. And God has told me, Manny, you've got a story and you need to let it out. Let people know that God's still a healing God and he loves us all. Romans 8, 38-39 For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from God's love. That's his promise in this Christian life. This Christian Life is a production of Family Stations Incorporated and is not affiliated with Christian Life Magazine or Plus Communications Incorporated. Family Radio. 